Let's pray. Jesus, we come here this morning seeking a blessing from you. You are a good God. We want to know you more. And as we open the Bible, as we look at this story that you told, may we know you more today. And may we leave this place wanting to be like you, having faith in you, you our God and our Saviour. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I don't know what it is. I think I'm normal. But I have always wanted to live. I don't want to die. Death is not something I look forward to. And most normal people who live in this world, that is their experience also. 20 years of being a pastor. I have never met an old person who faces their death who wanted to die. You know, when people are dying, guess who they call? They don't call the undertaker. They don't call their local politician. Sometimes they'll call their friends. Many times they call their family. But almost always they call a pastor. And so in 20 years of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, I have sat by the bedside of many people, many people, and watched them die. And I want to tell you that in 20 years I have never met a single person who wanted to die. I've never met anybody who's saying, come on death. Come on, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait to meet death. Every person I've ever met has had a desire to live. There is this intrinsic created desire for life and people will cling on to life. As I've watched people die, I've seen it in their eyes, their desire, their longing for more life. All of us who are normal want to live. And I don't know about you, but I want to live and I want to continue living. In fact, I would like to continue living into eternity, even on this world with its pain and its misery and its darkness. And I want to tell you that I have experienced my fair share of pain. I have experienced my fair share of darkness and discouragement, but even though life can sometimes be tough, I will stand here before you this morning and I will tell you I want to live. I'm going to say it again, most normal people in our world today, most normal people living in this city of Sydney want to live. They don't want to die. That's why our culture, our society avoids death. We don't talk about death. We don't dwell on death. We push it to the far corner of our minds and we don't face it until it's at the door of our very own lives. Death is not a popular Subject. Death is not something most of us want to dwell on. And I want to tell you this morning that you are not designed to die. In fact, God designed you to live and to live for eternity. And I'm here as a preacher of the gospel to tell you this morning that if you so choose, you can live for eternity. And this morning as we look at this story that Jesus told, we are going to unlock the secret of how you can live forever. And you can live. It is your call. It is your choice. You can live and you can live forever if you choose. 
And I pray this morning that as we do this Bible study, that this will be your choice. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to unlock, in fact we're going to allow Jesus to unlock how we can live forever. Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus spoke to them. Jesus spoke to the people. Jesus spoke to the disciples in parables saying, Matthew 22 verse 1, all it's saying is Jesus spoke to the people in a story. And in this story he unlocks for us the secret of how you can live forever. Matthew chapter 22 verse 2, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Here you've got a royal wedding. And God said this royal wedding is like the kingdom of heaven. It's like heaven itself. And God says the king's son is getting married. And he sends his servants out to invite people to come. And it is a stunning thing. But these people make a choice. They decide they do not want to come to this royal wedding. Now, I remember when Princess Diana and Prince Charles got married. It was the wedding of the 20th century. I remember looking at those who were being invited to this wedding. They were the famous, they were the mighty, they were the powerful of our world. And I want to tell you this morning that I am sure, I am sure that not one single person who was invited to that royal wedding, I am sure not one of them said, I am not coming. I don't want to go to that wedding. It'll be boring. It's a place I don't want to be. That wasn't the case. In fact, people, people were offended. Powerful, mighty people were offended because they were not invited to the wedding. But here we have God. He is putting on a wedding. It is in heaven. In fact, there's an invitation to you to come to the wedding of Jesus and his people. This is an invitation to heaven and the Bible says God's servants go out, that's his pastors, that's his ministers, that's you, the people of God. They go out into the world and they invite people to heaven. They invite people to eternal life. And the Bible says, stunningly, they won't come. Now I'm standing here before you this morning and I am a servant of the High King. And I am inviting you, on behalf of God, I am inviting you in this church. Hear me, I am inviting you. I am inviting you watching this on television. I am inviting you to heaven. On behalf of the King, as his servant, I am inviting you to heaven to live for eternity. Now this morning, whether or not you accept that invitation is your call. But as a servant of God, I am inviting you. Come, whosoever will, come. Come to heaven. The invitation's there. Jesus has given it to you. God has given it to you. Whether or not you accept that invitation is your call. And the Bible says that when this first call goes out to this wedding in heaven, to this great event, most people say, I can't come. Verse 4. Then God sent out more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fat and cattle have been butchered. This is not a vegetarian wedding. And everything is ready. 
come to the wedding banquet. But the Bible says, verse 5, but they paid no attention and went off, one to his field and another one to his business. Look, time is running short. Go and read Matthew chapter 24. Go and read Luke chapter 21. In these two great chapters in the Bible, God gives us, through his son Jesus, a whole lot of signs that tell us when he will return to the earth. When Jesus comes back to the earth, he's coming back to take you to the wedding banquet. And the invitation is there. God is inviting you through this message today. And the Bible says that when the message goes out, have a look at it for yourself, verse 5, but they paid no attention. One went to his field and another to his business. People in our world, people in this city, they are too busy to accept the invitation to heaven. What a tragedy. Where are you in your life today? Are you too busy for Jesus? Are you not allowing this invitation to sink down into your heart? Are you not responding to this call because you are too busy, because business has got in the way of you knowing Jesus? Oh, the Bible says that's a sad thing. Verse 5, but they paid no attention and went off one to his field, another to his business. Verse 6, the rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged and he sent his army and he destroyed those murderers and burned their city. This is a story of God's church. And right through the centuries, God has been sending servants out to invite people to heaven, to invite people to eternal life. And I want to tell you that right through the century, his servants have been murdered, they have been killed, they have been tortured, they have been put on the stake for their faith in Jesus, for doing nothing other than inviting people to be in the kingdom. What is wrong with this world? Even today there are places in the world you can go and if you happen to mention the name of Jesus and invite people into eternal life, you will be put in jail and sometimes you will lose your life. That is in the 21st century. There's something wrong with this world when you've got Jesus who is a saviour and he's doing nothing more than inviting people to eternal life through his servants and people become so hostile to it that they'll even put you in jail and kill you and yet that's what's happening even in the world today. You know, you can go to Europe. I've been there. And you can see where over half a billion people, somewhere from about 530 AD through to the beginnings of the 1800s, in Europe... Civilised Europe, over half a billion, that's 500 million people, have died because they were servants of God. And they did nothing other than invite people to be a part of his kingdom. How crazy is that? It doesn't make sense. What is so obnoxious? What is so wrong with a servant of God inviting a fellow human being to the kingdom to live for eternity? What is wrong with that? Nothing. You know, I want to tell you that this world is hostile. The devil, the kingdom of darkness is hostile to people who come from the kingdom of light, inviting people to eternity with Jesus. It is hostile to it and Satan himself will resist the work of God's servants to invite people to spend eternity in heaven. Crazy. The history is a testimony to the, the oppression that God's servants have had in endeavouring to, to invite people to the kingdom. Well, the story doesn't finish because verse 8 says, Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those 
I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. Don't you love this? Jesus said, hey, these people I invited, they're not coming. You go and you invite anybody. Go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and they gathered all the people they could find. Look at it, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. The Bible says, look at this clearly, that we are to go out, these are the servants of Christ, and invite people to the kingdom, both good and bad. That's what the Bible says. That says to me that when we get to heaven, there could be bad people there. One of the questions I ask people when I'm beginning Bible studies with them is I say, hey, how do you think you get to heaven? And you know what I hear almost every time? You'll get to heaven by being good. Now, if this parable, this story is about heaven and God says, go out and invite good and look at what the Bible says, let it challenge you bad, what's the book saying? Is it possible? Could it be that there will be bad people in heaven? Hold that thought, because we're going to go there. We're going to go back there in just a minute. Okay, hold that thought. So the servants went out into the streets, verse 10. And they gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king... Now look at this, look at this. This is the, this is the climax of what we're saying today. You want to live for eternity, you need to study this story in Matthew 22. But when the king came in to see the guests... He noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding garment. Or the NIV says, was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wearing wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Now look what the king does. Here's a man not wearing wedding clothes. God comes into the banquet. This is a, a parable. It's a story about heaven. It's a story about how you can live for eternity. And he says, friend, what are you doing in this wedding? He doesn't say, friend, you shouldn't be here because you're bad. He doesn't say, friend, you shouldn't be here because you've lived a life of darkness. He says, friend, what are you doing in this wedding without a wedding garment? Man's embarrassed. Man doesn't know what to say. But God does because the Bible says very clearly, verse 13, then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited but few are chosen. Now I say to people as I begin Bible studies with them, how do you get to heaven? How can you be sure that you'll be up there when Jesus comes to live for eternity? And most people look at me and they say, I will get to heaven be, by being good. What a nonsense. What a furphy. The Bible says, now, let's go back. So, verse 10, the servants went out into the street and gathered all the people they could find, both good and what and what? Bad. If you get to heaven by being good, what on earth are bad people doing there? And when this man got caught without a wedding garment on, God didn't say to him, you should not be here because you've been bad. 
He didn't say you should be here because you've been good. He said you should not be here because you have not got a wedding garment on. So my question to you is, how do you get to heaven? You get to heaven, look at what the Bible says, by having a wedding garment on. I, I like playing with people a little bit. It's not a cruel thing, it's, it just makes me smile. And it teaches them as they get into the Bob. I say, how do you get to heaven? They say, by being good. I say, well, well give me some examples of some people who will be in heaven. And inevitably they always choose people who have been good. I'll give you the top five names I get. Number one is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa will be in heaven to live for eternity because she's been good. Well, she might be in heaven. In fact, I expect to see her there. But she won't be there because she was good. Then they say number two, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King will be in heaven because he was a good man. Was he a good man? You better believe it. He was a great freedom leader in the America, in the United States of America. They have a holiday because he was able to lead the, lead, lead the black African Americans to freedom in the United States of America. Good man. But you know what? Will he be in heaven? I don't know. He certainly won't be there because he was good. And, and then they'll rattle another three or four names off of good people. Mahatma Gandhi is number three on my list. Good man, Mahatma Gandhi. Will he be in heaven? I don't know, but he certainly won't be there because he was good. Florence Nightingale, the mother, the the mother of nursing, a good woman. Will she be in heaven? I don't know. She won't be there because she was good. The Bible says in heaven you're there because you've got a wedding garment on, not because you're good, not because you're bad. I, I I hope you're getting this. You don't get to heaven because you're good. You don't get to heaven because you're bad. You get to heaven because you have a wedding garment on. Man, I look at my own life. I do some bad things. Ask my wife. Very bad things. I do some good things. I try to live a good life. Every night of the week, I'm out doing Bible studies. I could be home with my family. I enjoy time with my family. But I'm out doing Bible studies. I'm doing Bible studies because I want to share Jesus with people who are lost, with people who are hungry, for people who are thirsty, people who need something. And that something is Jesus Christ. Is that a good thing? You better believe it. Yes, it is. I'm a minister. Is that a good thing? Well, I believe it is. I give my whole life to sharing the gospel, to giving Jesus to a broken down world. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it is, but it won't get me to heaven. I won't get to heaven because I do Bible studies. I won't get to heaven because I'm a pastor. I won't get to heaven because I go to church every week. I won't get to heaven because I'm honest and I pay my taxes. I won't get to heaven because I'm faithful to my wife and I love my kids. None of those things are going to get me to heaven any more than being bad will stop me going to heaven. I get to heaven. Get this. I get to heaven because I've got a wedding garment on. I'm going to live for eternity because I've got a wedding garment on. So the question is, what is the wedding garment? What is this wedding garment that will see me in heaven? What is this wedding garment that this man did not have on and, and, and God tossed him out of heaven? What's going on here? It's a simple Simple answer. Let's find out what it is. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah. Isaiah is a, is a messianic book of the Old Testament. Talks about Jesus more than any other Old Testament book. Isaiah chapter 64, Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. Look at this. All of us, not some of us, all of us, have become like one who is unclean. And all our 
righteous. All our good acts, the Bible says, are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away. Now, I don't know whether this is good news or bad news for you today. But if you are relying on your righteous, your good acts to get you to heaven, you are in big trouble. Will Mother Teresa be in heaven because she has been good? Well, the Bible says that her good acts to God when it comes to getting to heaven, get this, God likes good acts, don't get me wrong, but her good acts, the Bible says, when it comes to getting her to heaven are like filthy rags. Let me tell you something, and it's hard for some of us to accept that Mother Teresa will not be in the kingdom unless she has on this wedding garment. She cannot, as good a life as she led, as saintly a life as she led, a wonderful person who served the poor of India. She will not be in the kingdom if she's relying on her good acts to get her there. Nor will Martin Luther King, nor will Mahatma Gandhi, nor will Florence Nightingale, nor will any of these good people be in heaven if they're relying on the good acts they have to get them there. Bible says that our good acts, not our sins, our good acts to God, oh yeah, he loves them, don't get me wrong, but if you're relying on your good acts to get you to heaven, the Bible says, they're like a filthy rag. And if you're dressed in filthy rags, if you're not in the wedding garment, you're not going to the kingdom. Oh, that's a sobering thing. You won't be there. So what is this robe? Same book as I, chapter 61, verse 10. This is good, good news. This Bible says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness, whose righteousness the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is his life that gets you to the kingdom. What happens? Oh, it's a simple thing. Well, I get on my knees and pray the sinner's prayer and you're going to hear this, this prayer from me over and over and over because it's the prayer of the, a repentant sinner. Dear Jesus, great God of the heavens, I'm a sinner, I need you, save me. Jesus hears those prayers. When you pray that prayer, he comes down. The Bible says that his life was righteous, he was holy, he was perfect, he never sinned. And he comes down and he takes his life, which is a wedding garment, and he puts his life, that wedding garment is a gift. He puts it around you so that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see your good acts. He doesn't see your bad acts. He sees Jesus Christ in all his perfection. When God looks at you, he sees not you, but he sees Jesus. This is salvation. This is eternal life. It is a simple gospel. I don't get there by being good any more than I'm kept out by being bad. I ask Jesus into my life. And he puts that robe of his character. He puts it it's like he comes down and he puts his arms around me and he covers me so much that when God looks at me, he can see no one but Jesus. And he says, welcome, welcome into the kingdom. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the wedding. This is how we get to heaven. This is how we have eternity. In closing, some people say to me, it's a cheap gospel of grace. No, it's not. And Jesus does this for you. Moving moment in your life that it is. And he puts that robe around you. You fall in love with him. 
and you look to Jesus and he becomes your hero, he is your saviour, he is your everything and you say, Jesus, I want to be like you. And Jesus begins to change you from the inside out. Change comes with eternity. Change comes from salvation and Jesus changes you with his, with his arms around you, changes you from the inside out. The power of God working inside of you though, so that you are a dynamically different person. Praise God. This is not cheap grace. This is real grace. And when I look to heaven and when I walk in through the grace of Christ those pearly gates one day, I know that I go there because of Jesus Christ and his righteousness and no other reason. I cannot be good enough to get to heaven. I cannot be bad enough to be kept out. All I can do is get on my knees, ask him to put his arms around me, to cover me in his righteousness and live with him for him and I am saved. Isn't that good news? That's what he invites you to today. Jesus is coming. The wedding feast will be on soon. He wants you to be there. He wants you to spend eternity with him. It's your choice. You choose Jesus. You choose Jesus. You'll be there. And I pray that will be your experience this morning. Dear Lord, we study this marvellous passage of scripture. Most of us don't want to die. We want to live for eternity. We know we might die a physical death here on this earth. But we believe Jesus because we've invited you into our hearts and because your robe is around us, because you, you have enveloped us in your love. We believe that when you come again, that if we die, you'll wake us up. If we're alive, Lord, you'll change us and we will go up into the sky to that great party to live with you for eternity. May that be the experience of every person listening and watching this program today is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.